Amen. God bless you. Everybody say, God bless Brother Aaron Farrell. Well, I'm glad he claims me. You may be seated. I do look at him as my spiritual father. Uh, many of you may know, may not know. I uh, was raised by my mother, which I do not regret. If she happens to listen or is listening, I love you. And uh, I'm proud of you. Thank you for raising me well. Uh, I owe a lot. I owe a big debt of gratitude to my mother. Uh, but as a young man, as a young minister, we need good godly men in our lives. And uh, I have had a few that has corrected me and led me and instructed me. And uh, Brother Mays has been one of the men that has stood out and I have said it to my wife I may have not made it publicly known but he I look at his, him as my father in the gospel and I will and he is uh, he's if you ask me who my pastor is that's my pastor uh, he has the right to uh, call me at any time and tell me what I need to be doing and what I ain't doing and what I should be doing. And so, uh, but uh, I love him. I respect him. I was really hoping that uh, the bishop would preach because I understand that we all have lives that are fleeting away from us and that the wisdom that you'll get from the elders in your life are slowly creeping away. Yes, sir. Uh, I may be only 38 years old, but I do have a knowledge to know that every moment that I've spent with an elder is not regretted because they have wisdom, they have stability. They do. And that's something that as a young man, you may have strength, but you don't have wisdom. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, you, you, uh, you may not even have perseverance. I've watched several elders outwork younger people because they kept the pace. They just got in and had a pace. Uh, elder Brother Hilton here showed up to a job site one time, and uh, I was working, and he had done worked that night before, and he showed up and worked that day, and I thought, man, this guy is crazy. <laughs> Uh, he's out here outworking me, and he's worked all the night before. But sometimes um, the uh, old strength is stronger. And I'm sorry, I don't mean older strength. The elder strength is stronger. <laughs> uh, stronger. Uh, here I am. I better shut up. Uh, I'm going to get myself in trouble. But no, I want to tell each and every one of you, I thank you for your acceptance, for uh, being a brother and a sister. Uh, to me and my family, thankful for the bishop and, and uh, his sister bishop, the first lady, <laughs> uh, for all, ma yeah, mama bishop, yeah. so thank you for all your help, all your support, all your love, uh, for being a support to my family, I greatly, greatly appreciate it, thank you, Brother Hilton, for standing in the gap and uh, supporting your man of God great honor there and so I my hats off to you I am a country boy I don't profess to be a, a theologian or a philosopher uh, I work on a farm so what I probably going to bring to you is a little bit of farm life a little bit of farm life but uh, you you if you accept it and I uh, hope that you can grow and you will be nurtured here tonight by the word of the Lord and uh, but I'm going to uh uh, to kick off here in Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 22, and uh, we're all all familiar probably for the most part. If you've been in church very long, you're familiar with this passage. And uh, but it's a it's a passage that has recently stood out to me, and uh, I have studied it some, 
to some degree, uh, and uh, it has spoke volumes to me. When you're there, say amen. amen. Ezekiel 22 and 30 says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap. Let's pray. God, we love you. God, we thank you for your word. God, ask that you would speak to our hearts and our minds. God, let there be a divine anointing. God, go forth here today, God. Touch these lips of clay, God. I'm nothing. I'm a nobody, God. But you're everything. You're altogether lovely. Let them hear your voice today, God. Let me be the vessel that you so choose to use today, God. We're going to give you the glory and the honor and praise. We worship you, God. We worship you and magnify you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Amen. This word, make up, it is a, uh, I believe, a Greek word, if I remember right, it's gadar, G-A-W-D-A-R. It uh, means to make up or close up a hedge, enclose or repair. And I want to focus on that last word, repair, repair, and I'm going to... Uh, my title today is Hedge Builder, Hedge Builder, and uh, I think that, that uh, I, I understand the Word of God. There's probably nowhere in here that really defines a hedge builder or anyone that has really built a hedge, uh, but uh, I have a real, real revelation or a realization, I should say, uh, that we need men that are crafted in keeping the hedge. But uh, I, I believe it's relevant. I'm going to keep on moving. I have a few more scriptures I would like to read. Ecclesiastes 10 and 8. It says, He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it, and whosoever breaketh an hedge, a serpent shall bite him. A serpent shall bite him. Uh, Matthew 25 and 31 through 41. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all his angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from the other, as a shepherd divideth the sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left hand. I'm going to just stop right there. Uh, we see here that the Lord has gathered sheep in with the goats. And I remember... Uh, a very uh, instructed lesson that uh, someone told me once, just let the, the, the wheat grow up with the tares. As a young man, I didn't understand that, but uh, as I get older, I understand. But here we see that there is sheep and there is goats together in the same pasture. They're growing together. They're doing uh, life together, if, you, if you'll accept that. But they are... They are in the same pasture. Uh, that being said, that they must have the same fence, the same protection around about them, and uh, that that there is a, brings to the the farm. Here's where the farm comes in, and you may wonder. Uh, but I remember there was a day when I was on the farm working, and we have several goats there, and they got their own pasture, place to. Uh, go around and, and do whatever goats do. I do not promote owning goats. Matter of fact, if there was a reason some days that I would quit my job, it would be because of a goat. Uh, they're just stubborn. They're mean. They're hard-headed. They do not get along with the rest of the crowd. They will actually uh, fight each other continually. If a mama has babies, they will punish her more or less for her uh, having those, those kids. It's just constant batting and, and, and making sure that the, the line of chain of command is always in order and I'm the boss and, and so on and so forth. But I'll never forget, we had, there's a pygmy uh, pig, or I, it's a coon pig, he stands about yay tall, and, uh, but he would walk the fence and he would just go back and forth and walk the fence looking for a place to get out and he's got tusks that stand out about that far and he could hook that fence with that tusk and 
pigs are pretty strong. They got a lot of muscles in their neck, and they would just pull that fence up and crawl under. And he kept doing that, and eventually I noticed that he would do it more often in different places. And then one day I noticed that there was a, uh, one of the baby goats got out, and he would holler for his mom, and this kept going on and on and on. And then it wasn't long until the big goat started to get out. But the story that sticks out in my mind is that there was one day that there was a goat that got out, and I happened not to notice it, didn't see it. And I happened to all of a sudden come back around the barn and look out in the pasture, and that goat was out there, and we have a Shetland pony, and that pony would pick that goat up and flip it up in the air, and, and it would hit the ground, and it would just stomp all over it. And it'd pick it up, and it'd hit the ground, and it would stomp all over it. See, these goats don't understand the protection that it had or that it escaped. Uh, it's much so in the lives of Christians. Uh, we don't understand sometimes the benefit of a hedge. We don't understand the protection of the hedge. Well, I, I'm, this is just me. Please be, be patient. But it, it, there's times in, in my life as a young man, uh, I was probably that goat that would slip up underneath the fence. Uh, yeah, I've heard the stories and I've heard the scriptures. Be sober, First Peter. Be sober. Be vigilant, because uh, your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Yes, I, I've heard that. I, I've, I've, I'm, I'm very well of that. But here's the thing: there's the mentality of a goat goes against the shepherd. And I would go out and, you know, I would try to catch these goats at times and put them back where they need to be. Uh, but they are not corralable. And uh, there, you always had to change the entrapment to catch them. They were intelligent enough not to be caught in the same trap time and time again. They're a very intelligent creature. They're not, they're not ignorant. They're not dumb. They are very intelligent and to some degree, but they are hard-headed. And I watched as them. They, they, they would do this, and I would catch them and put them back in and kept in doing the same, same thing. And I'd go back, and I would repair the fence, and they would look for somewhere else and somewhere else, knowing eventually that if they go out there, that that pony is going to try to kill them. I, I guarantee you if I wasn't there that day and hadn't caught that sheep it would, or that goat, it would have died. Uh, it would have been dead. It, it was pretty much on death's door. It laid there for a long time and uh, nursed it back to health uh, to keep my boss happy, not because I like him. Uh, <laughs> but we understand the benefit of the hedge keeps the devil out. We know this because in the story of Job, Job, he was a, a perfect man, the Bible calls him. He was upright. He did everything right in the Word of God. There was nobody like him in the land. And I, I'm just going to paraphrase. I'm not going to read you the whole story because I'm sure you know it. But there was nobody like him in the earth. He was a vigilant man. He, he made prayers for his family just in case. Peradventure they had done something wrong. He created a sacrifice for his family. I believe, and this is my personal opinion, that Job raised his family to fear the Lord, to respect the hedge. You'll never find in the Word of God where Job had to walk up and down around the hedge that God placed in his life and had to repair something or, or make amends. But he continually, peradventure, something did happen I'm going to make sure it's okay. I'm going to make sure it's right. Oh, and us, us as Christians today in this hour, uh, we're going to have to go ahead and, and, and buckle up our bootstraps, and we're going to have to make sure that we're keeping the hedge just like Job did. Amen. Amen. Uh, there's a problem in today's society uh, that we feel that we can put our personal interpretation on the Word of God. Uh, there is. I'm, I'm afraid so because I've heard too many people say, well, this is my opinion of it, and this is what I think it says, instead of saying, thus saith the Word of the Lord. This is what it says, and this is what it means. Uh, I, I remember my, my grandfather one time, uh, bless his heart, he has passed and went on to be with the Lord. Uh, but uh, yeah, I remember him 
standing up and, and, and testifying, and he got up and said, he said, the Lord will be my medication day and night. Uh, he couldn't read, but uh, my grandma read it to him, and, and, but he said medication instead of meditation. But he took it literal. Whatever the word of God said, he took that literal to his heart. It didn't matter what it was. Grandma was the same way. The Bible said, don't joust. And you didn't crack a joke in front of her, I promise you. You would get reprimanded, and it didn't matter who you was. Because there was something about the old generation. They may not have had a Bible dictionary, and they couldn't explain it away. But they took the word of God for what it said. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. They did. Uh, they, they, would, they followed it just like Romans 3 and 4. It says, God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. Every man a liar. If it didn't line up to the word of God, it was just a lie to them. That's the way they was because they had landmarks in their life. They understood that if I follow it, I will have a blessed life. My grandparents didn't have much. But I know there's many times my grandfather would get out into the middle aisle to testify and shout up and down the aisle because all he had was food, clothing, and a place to stay, and that was it. You, as a matter of fact, you may hear a little jingle in his pocket because he had a little change, but I knew good and well that's probably all he had was what was in his pocket was that change. But he would get up and shout and and glorify God because God was providing his need. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. It's easy to get a heart that's desired and everything else on the other side of the fence. The grass looks greener. Them goats, them goats have more food than what I could ever think of having. Uh, they're well-maintained. They're grained uh, multiple times a day. They have more hay than you could ever ask for. They have a, a, a uh, automatic water that's clean and pure uh, out in the middle of the pasture. They have a, a nice big green pasture, and they never can eat all the grass. But there's something in a goat's heart that, that, that wants to drive it on the other side of the fence. That wants to push it on over. Hey, the grass is greener. This is more appealing to me. I like this better, not knowing that just on the hill lurks the enemy. The enemy's after them. He's waiting for the right moment. Go ahead. Go up underneath the fence. Go ahead and grab a hold of the hedge in your life and see if that serpent won't bite you. Job had the revelation in his mind as well. Because you'll never find where Job, in the word of God, where Job actually went and grabbed a hold of the hedge. But matter of fact, what you'll find is that when the hedge broke down and was stripped from his life and everything started falling apart, that he rent his clothes and then he worshipped. Oh, if we could get a revelation of understanding, hey, things ain't going right in my world right now. But if I'll just go ahead and humble myself before the Lord and rent my clothes, just worship Him. No, I'm not going to go over and see if the grass is greener on the other side of the hedge. I'm not going to go out and see if I can make myself happy on this or, or on that or indulge my life in the cares of the world. Uh, but I'm going to find my place uh, at the feet of Jesus uh, and I'm going to worship him. I'm going to magnify him. I'm going to praise his holy name. Praise him. Hedge builders, they're few and far between. The Lord was looking for a hedge builder that day. We understand if you read that, they committed all kinds of sins. And he's looking through the ministry and he's looking through trying to find somebody to stand in the gap and to make up the hedge. And he's not finding anybody. He's not finding someone that can do this chore. I wonder why. You may ask yourself why. I believe Psalms 119 and 11 could give us the instruction. It says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Well, see, the breaking of a hedge is a resemblance of creating sin or doing sin. You're going and 
pushing away. The dictionary defines a hedge, and I probably should have gave you this earlier, but it is a, uh, it's, it's a type of structure. Uh, it's used in, for raising livestock. They used it back then, but it's a, a corral, but it has thorns. It's like bushes with thorns. And this corral, they would take these thorns and they would place them in key positions around the herd to not only keep them from the enemy, but to keep them from trying to get out. The thorns would poke kind of like barbed wire, if you're familiar with that. It would do the same uh, to some kind of degree, would poke them to keep them from pushing out. But it would also keep the enemy from pushing in. This word is a, uh, it has a couple different meanings, uh, but one of these meanings is a thorned hedge, uh, or gadera is a fenced wall, a thorn, but I want to focus on this as a, a thorned hedge. See, this thing that you're going to, if, if you're not careful, you'll place your hand through, is not only there's a serpent that will bite you, but you're going to be poked you're going to be aware of what you're doing. All right. All right. Oh, Lord Jesus, I promise you, I, I don't like preaching these. I like preaching hyped-up messages and make you feel good. But I'm going to tell you that the thorned hedge, uh, it will let you know uh, that you are going to penetrate the barrier that is between you and the enemy. Oh, Holy Ghost. It will keep you uh, in an observance of who you really are. I'm not supposed to be over there. That position's not for me. You can't just go on the other side of the hedge without being observant and knowing exactly what you're doing. The Bible tells us, He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. You know willingly that the adversary's on the other side, but you go ahead and mentally step across or walk through the barrier or break down the hedge. You're not only putting your life in jeopardy, but you're putting the rest of the flock in jeopardy of the enemy. It's time we as apostolics take the word of God to heart. 1 Timothy 4 and 12, it says, Let no man despise thy youth. I understand the context of the scripture, but it says, Be thou an example of the believers. In word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Be, there's nothing wrong with the ministry being the example of a believer, but there's nothing wrong with the church being the example of the believer. We need some good, solid Men and women in this day and hour to stand up and say, hey, this is the line to walk. If you'll stay away oh, from over there, you're going to have the blessings and favor of God in your life. I, I believe that 100%. The problem is we hear the doctrine of prosperity so much that we think that pleasing God and serving God is all about me gaining a bigger size wallet or a bigger size bank account. I, I dispute that wholeheartedly because I can tell you man and women after God that never was blessed financially, but they was blessed abundantly in their spirit. Uh, yes, sir. They had everything they needed. And I'm watching now as my family that got that my uh, grandparents have prayed for hours and hours for and made a defining line, said, here's where you need to walk. This is the way you need to go. And I'm watching as their children come into the faith and they're starting to find the path that grandma and grandpa made years ago. And they're walking that path they're because they had an example. An example. Be the example of the believer. This is a scripture that I have been taught many, many times. And my mother has, he, she would, we went to a Baptist school and at one point, and she would drill these scriptures into my mind and, and taught me these. Deuteronomy 6 and 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them to thy, 
to them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up and they and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes and thou shalt write them upon the post of thine house and on thy gates uh, This is the instruction of the word of the Lord. And I find there's good men and women here that have raised children and they have uh, followed the commandment of the, of the Lord and they've done their diligence to show them the right path. And, and they talked about Him when they was uh, walking by the way and they talked about Him when they was lying down and, and they showed their children, hey, this is the way that you should go. Walk in this way. This is the good way. It is a right way. It's a way that will lead you to life everlasting. This is the life. But if we don't teach it to the next generation, it will be lost. It will be lost. If we don't tell them the truth, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If we don't teach the child, our children and the next generation the right way and we don't show them the commandments of the Lord and we don't be and we're not an example of the believer they will be lost they will they'll be falling out through the gaps of in the hedge and they'll be trying to find a way to feed in a different pasture it's easy it's easy easy to do it's easy to do parents grandparents my hat's off to you, for you instruct your children in the right way. You teach them the right way. We have a revelation that the word of the Lord is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Psalms 119 and 105. Psalms 33 and 4 says, For the word of the Lord is right, and all his ways are done in truth. We don't have to worry about where we're going because we're following the road map. The word of the Lord is our road map. Yes, it is. It's going to, I know we're going slow, this is a little bit different, but it, it, it will lead you, I promise. If you'll find your time to make sure you're a student of the word of the Lord. The Bible says, search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. It's you, you think you have it, but go ahead and search it and make sure. Because I can promise you anything that you find in this word of the Lord won't go, across, go uh, uh, against what your pastor's teaching. It won't teach you to hate your brother. It won't teach you to hate your neighbor. Matter of fact, it says love your enemies. Do good unto them that despitefully use you. The word of the Lord is right. If you'll follow it, it'll help you. I know I'm going slow, but if this will sink in, I promise you, and you'll follow the word of the Lord, you're going to have a beautiful life. you have a beautiful life. John 17 and 17, uh, it, it begins to tell us to sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. With a world full of lies and deception, Making things look better than they really are. That's the enemy's device. Hey, look over here. Look over here. You see this? It's beautiful. Beautiful. And you ever done that trick on somebody? You know, being honoring. You say, watch this hand. Watch this hand. You smack them with the other hand. Yeah, I know. I've been an honorary kid at one point in my life, too. Yeah, I've been, I've been at the other end of that joke. I understand. But that's what the enemy's doing in our world. He's getting you to look over here. This is looking good. This looks real beautiful. Yeah, they got everything going on. They, this is going right, and this is going good. And, and look at the bumps in your road, and, and look at this. See, if you could just step over here on this side of the hedge, and, and you'll go ahead and break the gap. Uh, uh, it ain't nothing going to happen to you. It's going to be all right. You just go ahead and tear down uh, the walls that are dividing you from me. The whole time, the word of God is telling you, hold on. No, 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 put the brakes on. Be vigilant. 
Be sober. Why? Because your adversary, he's sitting on the other side of that gap waiting for you. Waiting for you. Oh, it's just a little bit of this, Brother Farrell. It's just a little bit of that. Uh, it's just a little bit more time uh, here and there. Uh, no, 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 no. It's a trick of the enemy. Find yourself in the Word of God. Uh, read it. Study it. Uh, apply yourself to the Word of God. These are just, this is just one way, and I can't give you every way of building a hedge or making up the gap, but this is one way, finding your time in the Word of God. But there's another way, and it's called prayer. Praying always. Prayer. You are, I'm sorry, you can't talk to God on a regular basis and have a desire to tear down the hedge. You can't, you can't have a walk with God that's dedicated in prayer, talking and communing with the Master day after day, and then all of a sudden I'm just out of whim going to tear down the hedge. But there's a seed planted in your life to break down a hedge. It's a seed planted in your life. That's why the Word of God in Ephesians 6 and 11 through 18 tells us to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil or the devices of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God. Stand up, young man, young women, and, and square your shoulders up and say, Hey, I know what the world's trying to trap me with. They're doing the same thing. They're trying to trap you with music. It ain't changed. It's the same thing, Bishop. It's been the same thing day in and day out. He's going to get you to start listening to something else uh, than the Word of the Lord. He's going to get you to hear a different voice. Hey, listen over here. It's greener over here. Come on over here. You'll start listening to something uh, that will not uh, be conducive to your relationship. Uh, and then the next thing he'll know is he'll get your eyes, uh, get you looking at things uh, that is not going to help you, uh, not benefit you. Oh, look over here. Uh, yeah, ain't that beautiful? Ain't that, doesn't that feed the flesh? Oh, it does. It feeds the flesh. I ain't going to lie to you. It feeds the flesh. Uh, there's a world out there that's perverse and they're sick uh, and they're morbid. Uh, and they think they can flaunt their stuff and so-called Christians. But I'm going to tell you, you're not a Christian unless you're living the Word of God. If you're going to be a Mormon, you've got to follow the Book of Mormon. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to, I ain't going to go through all of them, but you just put a name on it. If you're going to be that, you've got to follow their rules, their regulations, their instructions. But if you're going to be a Christian, you're going to have to follow this black book from the front to the back. From the index to revelations all the way to the maps. You're going to have to follow it. You're going to have to be a student of it. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why? Because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities. Against rulers of darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is why you need to find yourself in a, in a closet of prayer. Because this battle you're fighting ain't going to do you no good to have good muscles. Oh yeah, bodily exercise profited little. It ain't going to do you much good. But you'll find yourself in a prayer room. And you'll find yourself dedicating to God. And you'll find yourself every time the doors of the house of the Lord are open. You'll find yourself here. You'll find instruction. You'll find guidance. You'll become spiritually strong. Don't wrestle. Don't wrestle against your brother. Don't wrestle against your neighbor. Don't wrestle against the person at work. Don't wrestle against them at the gas station. That's not the battle. But you find yourself in a closet praying, God help me. Save them. Instruct them. Lead them to salvation. It's easy. It's easy to get caught up in the wrong battle. It's easy to get caught up fighting the wrong individual. I've been there, done that, thinking, hey, I, well, listen here, I'm a Christian, you don't know who I am. Uh, it doesn't work good. It doesn't, it's not the right, it's right, not the right approach. But if you'll humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, 
if you just become abased, and uh, I've been taught that lesson before, and I'll be very uh, vulnerable here, but I at one time had an individual accuse me of something. I don't even know what it was, and I don't even know what I did, and I didn't understand it because I didn't know what, but I kept on saying, hold on, this is not right, this is not me, and I remember uh, the uh, mediator that was standing there at the time was like, no, 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 just apologize. No, 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 no. And I learned a valuable lesson. Hey, I don't have to fight it. All I got to do is make sure that I'm living right. I'm just doing my end. I'm keeping my spirit right. I'm just humbling myself. Hey, it's just not about me. It's about him. It's not my glory. It's not my honor. It's not my dignity. But it's all about him. I'm going to line up with Calvary. And I'm going to make sure the blood's applied to my life every day. Because I'm not wrestling against you. I'm wrestling against the powers and the wickedness of the world wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the, the evil uh, day and having all done all to stand stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth having on the black breastplate of righteousness and the bishop probably knows more than this would I do but they would take their robe and they would pull it between kind of like pants and they would gird it around the middle of them. And that was to gird them up. Men girded themselves up, not women, uh, from, from my biblical knowledge and what my understanding. But men would gird themselves up for battle to, to get ready to fight the enemy. Not your brother, not your sister, but the enemy. They would gird themselves up. And the word of God is saying here, gird yourselves up. Uh, Get yourself together with the truth, uh, not with your opinion, not with your, your neighbor's opinion, but with the word of God. The word of God is true. It's the light. It's the direction. Gird yourself up with the truth uh, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, uh, taking uh, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's a hard one. Peace. Uh, no, nobody likes that. Peace, huh? It's, it's something you got to give uh, because anybody can become contentious. It's easy to become contentious in this day and hour. It's easy to get your hackles up because somebody said something about little Johnny or little Susie. It's easy to get your hackles up. I'm just trying to help you build the gap here today. Please, I'm not pointing nobody out. I, I don't know anybody, but I'm just encouraging you. Build the gap. Close it in. Uh, take and above all take the shield of faith uh, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God again it's talking about the word of God putting on the word of God taking the word of God uh, and praying always uh, with all prayer and supplication in the spirit uh, praying always uh, I tell you it's time for the church uh, to develop an attitude of prayer Develop a spirit of prayer. Hardship comes along. Pray. Oh, your friends let you down. Pray. Things are not right in the home. Pray. Oh, the enemy's attacking my marriage. Pray. 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 If we can ever get a revelation of the power of prayer, it is literally for an apostolic, a Holy Ghost-filled individual. You are literally walking in resemblance and walking into the throne room. And you're com communing with an all-powerful God that created the heavens and the earth. Oh, I ain't going, I, I, it's different. I know you can't see him. I know you can't maybe touch him. But you can feel the power of God. But you're literally walking into his throne room. And you're telling him, hey, God, this is the problem. We used to sing an old song. Maybe you guys still sing it here. Call him up. Call him up. Tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. I'm telling you, that's how, how it works in this day and this hour for the, the apostolic uh, child of God. All you got to do is pick up the phone. Hey, Jesus, uh, I got a situation right here. Uh, I got a problem right here. Uh, God, I need an answer. Uh, God, I need healing. Uh, God, I need direction. 
Don't let the devil put doubt in your mind. Well, he ain't healed so-and-so yet, and he ain't done it for this one, and he ain't done it for that one. I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, it just takes the prayer of faith. Shall save the sick. The prayer of faith. Maybe instead of concentrating on the doubt and the fear, God, give me the faith. Give me the faith. It's easy to compass your mind and let doubt get in. Depression. Oh, I know about this first man. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to tell you. I know what it's like. I'm, I'm uh, working in church, and, and it's growing. I have uh, some people that's coming, and, and they're great people. But I'm going to tell you, the enemy has a way of attacking this generation. We can, we, the, the, the enemy of this world will tell you, uh, you can medicate yourself out of these, uh, I'm going to say spirits. And if I'm wrong, they'll correct me. But I, I feel, and this is my opinion, that depression is a spirit. Anxiety can be a spirit of the enemy. I, I've been there. I know what it's like to sit up all night long and have my heart racing and feel the anxiety rushing through and been to the hospital and my heart's fine. And then to come to the realization, hey, it's just the attack of the enemy. And I sit up all night and plead the blood, plead the blood, plead the blood and pray. But the world's telling you, hey, you can self-medicate. You can medicate yourself out of this. Take this medication, and it'll fix the problem. Take this medication, and it'll fix this problem. I'm going to tell you, I want to go back to the old past. We're in this good way. And I'm going to tell you, hey, come here. We got an oil right here. If you're going through a situation or a problem, you find yourself in a prayer line every service. Hey, pastor. Hey, ministry. Pray for me. Anoint me with oil because I want to believe that God's going to do something in my life every time the doors are open. Pray, 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 pray. But it didn't end there. It didn't end there. It tells us pray. But the whole prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching there too with all perseverance. It's telling you, hey, watch it very digitally. Pay attention to your spiritual life. Uh, pay attention to your prayer life. Uh, but it goes on and it says, uh, and, and supplication for all saints. This is the hard one. Because I'm going to tell you. There's going to be some day that somebody's going to ruffle your feathers. There's going to be a day when that may be even me tonight. Some young whippersnapper is going to grace this pulpit. And he's going to say something that may make you a little upset. But I'm going to tell you, I pray to God that you'll find a spirit of perseverance that's going to push on past the, uh, the little hardship or the things that make you sad or make you angry. That's going to persevere past the and anxiety and but it's going to go on past that and you're going to find yourself in a place of supplication for the saints I'm sorry I may be a pastor but I'm a saint and I need prayer just like you do your ministry needs prayer just like you do pray 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 yeah you're going to have to pray with supplication. You're going to have to pray with perseverance. I noticed in my prayer life and dedication to God, if I can ever make it past the first hour in my prayer life or in that daily prayer, I feel a, a, a breakthrough. It's a, it's a different dimension than 30 minutes. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not preaching time and prayer. I'm just... I'm just telling you, be personal. I feel like I break through a new dimension in prayer. As the longer I go and, I, and that I devote to God, I find more, uh, more strength. My strength is renewed. And I feel that as God's pulling me to a higher plane. And what I'm telling you this for is that I want to encourage you. Uh, don't just pray a 15-minute prayer and constantly be satisfied with that prayer. But I want to encourage you to uh, devote more time to prayer. 
devote more time to prayer. If you've got to start with five minutes a day, you start with five minutes a day and build on it. If you've got to start with two minutes, whatever it is, build on it five, 10, 15, 20, until you just keep on pushing closer because you've got a direct link with the master. You can't pray enough. The word of God tells us to build up our most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you, pray till you, you speak in tongues. Pray until you speak in tongues. And then pray, say pray a little bit longer. Uh, don't, don't just get the, just don't speak in tongues for 15 seconds and then let the end because you're edifying uh, yourself. You're talking to God. You're building up your faith. Uh, it's the encouragement. It's the strength that you need through the day. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Matthew 26 and 41, it says, watch and pray, watch and pray. Uh, this is something that a hedge builder needs in their life. Uh, they need to be uh, observant of their family. You need to be observant of your brothers and sisters. Uh, uh, Cain said it this way, am I my brother's keeper? The answer is yes. It's a resounding yes. You are your brother's keeper. You are your sister's keeper. If you see your brother or your sister taken in a fault, the word of God tells us you that are strong, go and restore your brother or your sister with a spirit of meekness. Yes, that's difficult to do in this day and hour to be humble and, 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 and follow that, 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 that way. But let me encourage you. Let the spirit of meekness take over you uh, as you're watching. Hey, God, help me strengthen my brother. Help me strengthen my sister. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. Uh, the spirit is willing, or indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Uh, Holy Ghost is willing to keep on tracking. The, the Holy Ghost is keep on working inside of you. But let me tell you, there's something about your flesh. If it can trip you, it will. Oh, yes. Yes, it will. It really will. It really will. Pray, pray, pray. And closing, I hope this has really helped you guys today. But Ephesians 4 and 11 this is one of the other things that you're going to have to have in your life to keep you uh, and keep you in the right way. You're going to have to have the word. You're going to have to apply it. You're going to have to read it. You're going to have to study it. But you're, all, you're going to have to pray. You're going to have to be diligent in your prayer life. You're going to have to keep your brother and strengthen your brothers and sisters. But there's one thing that you can never, ever, ever live without or be a Christian without it, and that is the ministry. Oh, you're just bragging and patting yourself on the back. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I can tell you that I've been the young man that's been the other end and been corrected. Uh, I have sat on a pew. I sat on a pew for several years, and I have been instructed. I have been corrected, and I needed that correction. I needed that guidance in my life. I needed the instruction. I don't resent any of it. I have no resentment of it. Uh, matter of fact, I, like I alluded to earlier, I would have rather sat there and been instructed and taught, uh, even if I had to sit on that altar and be reprimanded, I would rather be there. Been there one time. Not that I, it was, <clears throat> I forgot who that was that did that to me. I was uh, at Brother Calvert's. <clears throat> he had a, he was a missionary evangelist, and he called me up and had me sit on the altar. And he whispered in my ear, and he told me, he said, I, I have you up here because I know you won't get offended. I don't know. I never met the guy. I had no, I had no idea who he was. I didn't know him from Adam, but uh, I want to tell you that he did preach to me, and he did instruct me. I'm not above instruction. I'm not above correction. Saint of God, you'll never, ever, ever be above the ministry in your life. No, 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 you can't, you can't do it. But I'm going to teach you, I want to tell you, hey, what you need is to find yourself in a level of submission that will tell the man of God, you just do whatever you feel you need to do. Oh, God. Elder, you do whatever you, you feel. Elder, you do whatever you feel. I'm just a man. If God ever lays on your heart to correct me, correct me. Instruct me. Because I have to have authority in my life. 
When you get out from the level of authority and you feel that you're your own man and you can do whatever you want to do, I have seen the works of that. And it's not the work of the Spirit. It's the work of the flesh. And it'll eat you. And it'll eat your family. It will destroy you. And it will destroy your family. Because they're the ones, more than likely, that is governing your life and that's watching to see who's breaking the hedge. I will tell you that probably in the short, short, short span of time that I've been pastoring and uh, been where I'm at, that I, my eyes have been open. I see a lot of things different than what I used to see them, and I will continue to grow there. I'm not bragging on myself. I'm just saying that, you know what, as the pastor, they're going to see the gap in the hedge before you ever see the gap. You may be aware of a gap that you've made. You may be aware of a gap that you just walked by. But I promise you, your man of God has already seen it. He's probably already aware of it. He's already, he may not even know he's aware of it, but he's probably already praying about it. Because that's the way the word of or the Lord works in the ministry. But Ephesians, in closing, music if you'd like to come, however. Uh, Ephesians 4 and 11. And he gave some apostles. And he gave some prophets. And some evangelists. And some pastors and teachers. For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. And for the edifying of the body of Christ. To jump back to verse 12 there. The first says for the perfecting of the saints. Doesn't mean you're perfect. But it's a growth. For the growing. The little spiritual growth. That you're going to do in your walk with God. He is there to guide you. To instruct you. But it doesn't stop there. But I, this is, again, this is Brother Farrell's personal opinion. If your pastor teaches it different, then uh, you obey him, not me. But the Bible tells us that there is uh, two official offices, a bishop and a deacon. Uh, and it gives a set of rules for them. And I believe personally that each and every one of these uh, listed here in verse 11 are to be used according as... The bishop sees fit. He's going to use some apostles. He's going to use some prophets. He's going to use some evangelists. He may even use some pastors and teachers. And he's going to do it for your perfection. He's going to do it for your edifying. He's going to do it to help you and mold your life. Just peradventure someday the enemy comes by. And he tempts you, tells you that uh, you don't need to do all that. Peradventure, peradventure, one of my kids did something wrong. Peradventure, my wife did something wrong. Peradventure, elder. I didn't see the gap in the hedge. Peradventure, my son or my daughter stuck their hand through the hedge and the serpent got a hold of them. And the poison of the world starting to creep in their mind. I'm going to find myself at an altar. And I'm going to give God a sacrifice. Not for just me. I'm going to give God a sacrifice for my family. I'm going to give God a sacrifice for my brother. I'm going to give God a sacrifice for my sister. I'm talking about in the Lord here. I'm going to give God a sacrifice for the ministry. Her adventure. Adventure. There's just a gap in the hedge. 
See, I've been in this thing 38 years. I've rubbed, head, I've rubbed shoulders with hedge builders. Great men, great women. And I've rubbed shoulders with those that are just sticking their hand through the hedge, tearing it down. I've even rubbed shoulders with those that dug a pit before. And I know this is sober and somber, but I'm going to ask you the question, where are you at today in your walk with God? Are you filling in the gap? Are you there studying and making sure that you're doing your diligence to repair the hedge? Are you available for God to say, hey, where's my hedge builder? I'm looking for one. Where's the repairer at? There's a gap in the hedge. There's a gap in the hedge. I lived on a piece of property. It had a survey marker on it. Just some concrete, little seal on it. In the middle of the woods, if you didn't, I just happened to stumble on it one day. If you didn't know it was there, I walked through the woods, 40 acres. I walked through there many, many, many times, knew it by heart. That landmarker was right by where they dumped their trash, the trash bin. Now, if you don't know nothing about a survey marker, the survey company could come to that place and they could, they, that was the, the main focal point. They could give coordinates on any place out there off of that. That landmarker was by a trash dump. It's where the people that lived there before dumped all their trash, their burn pit. And I'll never forget the day. I'm like, man, it was on fire. We was like, oh, burn it some more, maybe get rid of some more of this garbage. And I took my father-in-law's tractor out there. Right by that survey marker, I started pushing that garbage. My son's my witness. But the snakes just flew out of that as I picked it up with a bucket. Copperheads, big old long black snakes. And then all of a sudden, here come. And all I hear just snake you'll find in the word of God the devil was walking around and had done observed the hedges in Job's life don't fool yourself the devil knows this book he knows the landmarks. He knows where he can get in. And I want to encourage this church, if you'll stand with me today, be sober. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because the adversary's looking for a way in. Well, the bishop's out right now. It's a good time to sneak in the back door. I'm going to encourage you. You guys have been doing good. We're having, every time I'm here, it's red hot service. But I'm just telling you, per adventure, just in case, just in case, it's not going to hurt you one bit, saint of God, to go look and see, is there a gap in my life? Is there a hole somewhere? Has somebody torn the gap? Is the enemy going to get in? I'm sorry you don't know what tomorrow holds. You better make sure it's right today. Make sure it's right today. I don't have to tell you these altars are open. Because you pillar saints of God know. You know what the hedge looks like. You've been by it many times. Go look, see, make sure. Because the enemy's walking about as a roaring lion, looking for a gap in your life. He wants to make inroads to your life, and he don't care who he hurts. He don't care who he destroys. 
You're just another relationship. You're just another marriage. You're just another saint. You're just another individual. He don't care. You're just a trophy for hell. I said, saint of God, check the hedge. Maintain the gap. Maintain the gap in your life. Pray. Read the Word. Study it. Apply it to your life every day. Your weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. Your weapons are mighty through God today. Oh, He's not so far away, He can't hear you. out and touch him today.